Hi, you're listening to the Prog Magazine podcast with me, Jerry Ewing, and I'm joined in the studio today by our two special guests, Mr. Greg Sporton and Mr. David Longdon from Big Big Train. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Hello, Jerry. Good to see you, Jerry. And, uh, of course, we're here because there is a new Big Big Train album. Yep. Uh, something to be celebrated. Grand Tour out yes. May the 17th. Indeed. So, if all the magic works correctly, this will air probably two days before. Sounds good, yeah. <laughs> so, made to be. Made so, to be. So, so, yes. So we'll talk as if it's already out. Okay. Um, I love it. I have to say, great album. Thank, Thank you. Um, as did our reviewer, I think. Gave it a good yeah. review in the, in the current issue of Prog. Um, let's start, because obviously your work is, is always helmed by a theme. Yeah. Um, and there's a particularly strong and interesting one for Grand Tour. So do you guys want to explain what that is? Yeah, I mean, we <clears throat> we were aware that we'd done a lot of music about England, um, about Britain, and we felt that we were ready to look out into the world a bit further. Um, and so David and I were talking about a theme for a new set of songs uh, as we were developing the album. And uh, you hit upon the idea, I think it was you, David, of the Grand Tour, yeah, um, which is, uh, you know, it's something that petered out in the 1840s or 1850s when the railways came along, ironically. Um, but uh, it was a tradition where sort of posh people used to go and find themselves in um, in Europe. They used to go and uh, trek through France and down into Italy and um, discover, you know, the sort of... Uh, classical past of, of European civilization and have a jolly good time along the way, I suspect, as well. So, in effect, it was a sort of Victorian gap year. It was. That's exactly, that's a, that's a, yeah. yes, there's a it's pithy way of describing it as you can, actually, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a rite of passage. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, and why, why that particular thing, David? Because uh, I think the things we've been thinking about, um, uh, Greg's done quite a lot of travelling throughout Europe and... Um, some of the things that we were both writing about, we needed something that would kind of glue it all together. And that just seemed to, to make the most sense of it. Um, although the Grand Tour had a very kind of specific route for some people, for others it could be their own personal Grand Tour around those areas. So, I know, for example, Lord Byron's was very different to uh, the, the standard route, yeah. as you'd expect. <laughs> yes, you can imagine. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was just something that uh, allowed us to um, put all these ideas that we had about going out and seeing the world, experiencing life, uh, into into a context that would hang well as a, as a concept. It wasn't. It, we weren't too tied down by it. I think that was because we, when we did some reading, we found out that the route was, you know, it was flexible. People did what they wanted to do, really. And there were some particular destinations you'd find yourself in, such as Rome. Um, but generally speaking, we wanted an overarching idea to hang some songs onto, rather than say, actually, let's let's yeah. you know, literally follow the a specific route and have to write about something that that um, maybe not was of interest to us. And I, I suppose because you're looking at uh, a, a sort of a tour that, that takes in different countries, yeah, uh, gave you a bit more scope to play around with, with yeah, lyrics and music. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, a, we're a, uh, a storytelling band. Um, you know, our, when both of us are out and about, we're always looking for stories. Um, you know, it's, it's a good tradition in, in songwriting to, uh, to be writing about interesting things. And, and so, therefore, we've always got our eye out. Our raiders are always out and looking for stuff. Uh, this just broadens, you know, as David said on the, the album notes, travel broadens the mind. And, um, you know, for us, it just made our horizons a little bit further out. And we were able to kind of uh, gather some other stories together to write about. Slightly ironic, perhaps, that this comes out at a time when, when certain 
areas of society seem to be looking more inwards and, n- and don't want. <laughs> There's never been a better time for something like this to come out yeah. for those very reasons. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously you you made the point, I think, I think it was you, Greg, anyway, in the in the interview with Dave Beverly in, in yeah. the latest issue of Prog, where you said this isn't a Brexit album. Um, and obviously, I mean, it's uh, but just the the timing. Uh, the, ti- the timings, yeah. I mean, the timing couldn't be uh, couldn't be you know more more clear. But it isn't a Brexit album. The danger the danger with it being a Brexit album is that it it, it just locks it into a particular time and place. And yeah. you know, we were talking on the way here this we this morning, and it just you know it, at the moment all the oxygen in in the UK seems to be absorbed into the Brexit problem. But in three years' time. You know, there'll be something else, something more important, more significant, something yeah, that you know. Talk about a major development at King's Cross, weren't we? By a major, yeah. co- uh, an international company bringing its um, world headquarters into London, that's what's yeah. being built at the moment. Yeah, I'm thinking, and that got us speaking about Brexit and the yeah. faith in in uh, in in the UK. Um, uh, from outside sources, uh, yeah. they could go anywhere in the world. They've chosen to come to London. Yeah, yeah. We, I think it'll be. It, it, it will work. It's. I mean, we're optimists. I think that's the thing. You know, we're we're. You know, we could do a doom and gloom uh, album. Uh, many musicians do. That's their yeah, call. It's but well covered. <laughs> yeah, it's well covered. But we're an optimistic band, and you know, we like to to seek out. Uh, interesting stories and things that maybe are a bit more enlightening than just you know narrow, more narrow things. Just just one one final thing on on that. Yeah, um, it's just interesting. I mean, you obviously had the, the date set, um, and you would have known uh, prior to what happened. And obviously, we are now in limbo. Yeah. Um, whilst they try to sort yeah. it out, yes. um, that. Um, that there was a very good chance this album came out and we were no longer part of Europe. That's that's true. Yeah. yeah. Was 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 there any intent in that? Again, is it all purely coincidence? There's, there's been some great coincidences on this album. <laughs> the, the classic <laughs> one is this, this David song, The Florentine, The Florentine, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know it happens to be Da Vinci's the, the anniversary, five hundredth anniversary yeah. of his death. But yeah. right. that wasn't planned. It wasn't. Um, yeah, it just you know, happened. It just Same happened. Way. So just it, it's not a kind of like, and this is what you could have done. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. We didn't consult so, on this day in whatever. Well, well, no. I mean, it's and like I say, it's more happenstance than anything yeah. else. Because I find I find the the lyrical matter absolutely fascinating, and I'm somebody that's that's revelled in in your delving into the folklore traditions of the, of the British Isles, which I'm yeah. also a big big fan of. Yeah. Um, so to me, it really sort of felt a bit, in a way, like Big Big Train was sort of. Um, spreading their wings that's somewhat. exactly it that's that you're right that's exactly what it is um so. because you are in fact even though you're based in the uk you are to all intents and purposes an international band yes um and obviously you know you you are <laughs> evolving as a band from you know when the magazine first started back in in 2009 when david joined and the underfall yard came out and the spotlight kind of fell back on big big train in a much bigger way i think than yeah. it had done before um you know you look at the involvement of the band uh to the point now where of course you know you are going on tour you yeah, haven't just yeah. played live dates yeah you know, you've played live dates abroad and you are actually going to become a touring band. Yeah, we're something, something that, you know, I mean, obviously I think, I go back to a, a radio interview I think I did with uh, Phil Wilding and myself with David yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah. Uh, when the Underfall Yard came out. And um, 
I didn't really know the band now well, no, well no. at that point. Um, and of course, it's like, so when are we going to see you play live? And it's like, yes. oh, well. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. It's, been a, it's been a long journey back onto, onto touring. Um, you know, it's something that we've been very careful about. It's, uh, it's not easy to make money as, a, as, a, as an artist these days. It's not easy to sustain yourself. Um, so we've gone one step at a time. And, uh, you know, now is the time we feel that we're ready to really spread our wings and to, to get out yeah. there. Again, that fitted nicely with the narrative of the album. And it was, that was in our mind. You know, we were, we knew when we were writing much of this, we had sort of Lorelei out in Germany um, as our sort of next big show. Um, and that did feel like a, the correct narrative yeah. that we were reaching out into we the world. Reaching, yeah, that's, that, that was the point. It, kind yeah. of, it was the spirit of it, really. Yeah. And, and you've so got to be true we, to yourself, I think. You know, you've got yeah. to write about where you are with things. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it, yeah. it right time, right moment for us. Do you think? Um, do you think you've probably been pushing it too far if you've uh, ret- remained uh, writing on this album about um, stuff much more close to quintessential English yes. subjects? Yeah, I because think I mean, yeah, we, we knew we needed to change. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you can mine that seam, uh, and we did mine that seam uh, quite successfully. Quite but you can, yeah, you can, you know, you can end up thinking actually we. we you know the seam is now over, and we need to to look elsewhere for ideas. We got, I mean, I, absolutely. You know, in two or three years' time, we might be sitting here having done another album with some English tales in. I don't know. Well, I don't know where we'll why, go. And but... why not? Because the fact of the matter is, you kind of you've you've moved on already. Yeah. You can go back. And yeah, who's to say? Who's to say you can't? I think was it noticeable to you guys perhaps that um, it was getting more and more difficult to write about big big train in in the media, not just prog magazine across the board, without people saying things like the quintessential English rock yeah, band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, know, that's, that's... But, but they've got an American drama, and they've got yeah, yeah, guitarist. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that follows, and to be honest with you, it's been a good thing because it's an identifier. You know, uh, if people think of us in in flat caps and waistcoats, yeah, they can take the mickey that's out. That's fine. Can draw you know, I, and do an impression of us. Yeah, it's good. You know, yeah. it's so. better to be. It's better to have a strong image and to for people to be you know aware of you than than the opposite. It's very you know one of the things in the music business these days, as you know, is there are so many bands and um, yeah. getting your head above the parapet is difficult. So having that sort of strong identity uh was useful to us the other thing is is of course you know these the stories we were telling are whilst they were born in england they are worldwide you know i've talked to guys um who have got industrial heritage backgrounds in all parts of the world uh who've said you know your songs resonated with us you know there's a there's a about ship there's common ground it's common ground exactly well I i mean also i mean if you look at mythology of course, um, you know, or or folk tales. Yes. Um, then they are they're kind of linked, um, oh. and there's a tradition, and it's like, oh, that would be that specific story for that specific exactly. area, but it's echoed in different oh, yeah. parts of the world yeah. in a different sort of style yeah. of a uh, different type of story, or exactly. but but they're linked. Yeah. Oh, unquestionably, so, yeah. And, and the yeah. culture of the, uh, the of the indigenous people obviously impacts on how the story is told, you know, and the mechanism for the, the way it connects with them. But yeah. the story is the same. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the the album um, musically, I suppose, it's, it's pushed on again as well. Yeah. Um, it's less folk. Yep. Which perhaps you'd expect because of the the sort of shift in <clears throat> in focus lyrically beyond uk folklore yeah. uh, you'd agree with that yeah it's it's yes it's just um and i know from my own speaking from my own writing not maybe not so much for yours greg i, I did try to limit the palette the things that i didn't want in in there 
to to be and that, that kind of helps sometimes such you move things along if you limit the palette you know right. with the sound uh texture that you're working with how do you mean <laughs> well um i didn't want any uh flute on it particularly right in fact i was you you want to twist my arms to, and put some yeah, on. So I had to leave us some flute. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think so I, you'd set some parameters down. Yeah. But is, is yeah. that purely because of the perceived link of flute and folk? No, it was just the fact. I just thought, well, why because, not? Because obviously, I mean, I see the flute not only as something that you know a, a man in a codpiece wields standing on one <laughs> yeah, leg, so. but it's actually also part of an orchestra with, which comes yeah, with yeah. a completely different sound. Absolutely, it, of course it is. Yeah, there's there's all that, but no, it's just the, the idea that you know I didn't want it to be um, okay. I've got to put this on because I, I'm I'm known to play it. It's just that you know you don't necessarily have that to define you. I didn't want it. To, it's that kind of thing. That's just one choice of many things. But uh, I didn't have any brass on my songs on my songs either. Right. So they were quite got big two but, sonic elements to not have. Yeah, um, so. and I think perhaps I mean they're they're two sonic elements that that link very strongly to what people perceive as the big big train sound. Yeah. Um, and I don't see that that's a particularly bad thing that you not use them any less if if that sound is 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 looking beyond where you've been before. But to feel you've got to use them because they're synonymous with the sound that was that was the issue that I had with well, that. Well, you know, I mean, I, th I think the album breathes a lot more easily, yeah, possibly for that that fact. Um, I mean, there's some huge pieces of music on here that that are wonderful thank to you, sort of get you. your teeth into, to sort of spend time listening to. Um, but of course, I mean, it it, it kind of opens once you hit your stride with a live, which is a great kind of uplifting um, sort of song. It's it's almost yeah, you've always had these little elements where you, you every I wouldn't say it's unique to you because a lot of bands who operate in a sort of more progressive musical area have great adeptness at writing catchy yeah. shorter material. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've always been able to do it. I mean, there was make some noise. Um, you know, there was, um, uh, what was the one off, uh, the folky one? Folklore. Uh, uh, Wasso. Wasso. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this is perhaps a bit more, um, a bit more intriguing musically but also it's 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 sort of it it, it leads you into sort of the more in-depth stuff as well yeah. and so it's, it's to me it almost sounds like hey we can still write this and then you know we'll yeah. keep you occupied for 20 minutes with with something yeah. completely different well, showing again the two sort of very strong sides of the band songwriting it became when uh, when that was put on the table it became uh, we, well, we knew quite quickly that probably would be the lead single alive and uh, to pre uh, to have it Introduced by Nova Morgana, which is almost like a sort of a hypnotic kind yeah. of lullabying type thing, like a, this melancholy thing. Yeah. And then for it to go, it's a bit like kind of right, okay, alive's in, we're off, you know, you know, get your passport, we're ready. Well, know. that that is very much how how it feels. I mean, yeah. I suppose lyrically, as you just said, it's sort of it's sort of right, right. Uh, the world is my oyster, and off I go. Absolutely, yeah. And takes it. you into these wonderfully intricate tales that that you well, then we, go on I to mean, tell. it's that excitement of setting out on a journey, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that you know, that's what I think you're trying to capture Absolutely, uh, as yeah. much as anything with it. That you know, traveling is is part of broadening the 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 mind and the human spirit, and you know, that excitement. We're going away. We're going on a journey. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we did. There's a little false start with Nova Morgana, which you know, just lures people in. I like that though. I mean, yeah, that, it was planned. It's different, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, just a bit. <clears throat> well, it's, it's like it's like the overture, isn't it? Yeah, way, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and if you, if you you know, you know, albums in the sphere of of grand tour, they're orchestrated in a way. You know, it's, it's not yeah. it's not just a collection of songs. It's, no, it's, no, there are other things that link 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 yeah. the music together. Yes. We think very carefully about you know 
in rock music, albums are the the kind of ultimate expression of the art. And you know, in the same, for example, an album like Dark Side of the Moon, you know, it's it's it tells a story, and it's clearly been sequenced very carefully to do that. Yeah, it tells and that's a story exactly, and takes you on a journey. At the it same does, time. yeah. That's and that's what we've tried to do. If you if you listen to some uh, pop albums, you tend to find that you know they'll they'll chuck the three or four singles at the at the start, and then it peters out. Maybe they've got sort of something anthemic at the end, but the sequencing is less important. But in rock music, and in particular in progressive rock music, I think it's the sequencing is is very important because it's a seventy four minute album. It's a long piece of music, but what we're trying to do is you know when the needle goes onto the vinyl or the CD goes in the player, we want people to think oh i'll just listen to the first couple of things and then oh hang on a minute i've wanted this yeah you get drawn in and suddenly that hour or more is gone Mm -hmm. that's if if that happens then you know we've done our job well i think yeah so i was uh, i had lunch with uh, nick shilton um the prog writer and uh the man that did the rather lengthy interview that's out online yes. yeah. uh, with you guys, um, which I think we linked through the Prog website, yeah. but uh, if, it's out there on YouTube as well. Um, there's over an hour of, of David and Greg and, and Sarah Ewing, the band's artist, um, in discussion at the Royal Astronomical Society. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. looked quite fascinating. It's yeah, amazing. Amazing place. Just a, a little aside on Alive before we move on. Um, I said to him, did you notice, and he went, Old Man and the Angel. It bites. All right. <laughs> There's just a little bit of a, a section in a live, which... It's the chorus type thing, is it? Yes. Da, 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 That's da, da, the one. <laughs> and, and yet you're the big It Bites fan. And this is I, a song actually, from we're, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm a huge It Bites fan, but you are as well, though, aren't uh, you? Yeah, I like yeah. them. Yeah, um, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're good, but it wasn't... Kind but of, is, it wasn't is that a nod? Uh, or, well, or, I'll take it. Or, I, did it. or did it happen? And again, then you go, my God, that's it, it happened, right. and I'm happy for it to. Oh, it's, uh, don't know, please don't. It's, it's not a criticism. It's not because like, it's only a tiny little motif. But yeah. you know, when your ears have been listening to so much of this music as we have, you go, "Oh, hang on a minute, that yeah. sounds a bit like." Oh, oh I know. I've I, 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 I on social media. I get all the you get all the feedback. But uh, yeah, it, no, it's um, it wasn't it wasn't planned. It just happened, and I'm happy to you know I'm happy for it to nod its head to it. So. <laughs> As it leaves England, it boys were a great transition band. You know, yeah, they, 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 yeah. they got oh yeah, they got us from yeah. the the kind of early eighties bit through into the nineties when you know progressive music started to rear its head again. Mm. Uh, you know, they kind of were it at the time for a while. So well, they they kind of they kind of as as the the hope of of the mid eighties faded. Yeah. Um, for for some of those bands yeah. and and that the the hatches were sort of battened down in Progland. Yeah. You know, to yeah. sort of make use of the early internet and things, and create the cottage industry that that helped the whole thing survive. It bites are actually still there, yeah. and and in fact, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, calling all the heroes it was a you know a pop song, yeah. um, but with a lot more musical depth yeah, than most. Yeah. Um, you know, they were getting more and more progressive. In fact, and the record companies tearing their hair out, not knowing what yes. on earth to do with the guys. You know, <laughs> yes. and of course, almost inevitably, they end up with the third and final studio album with with Frank Dunnery. Yeah. and Roger Dean's done the logo. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that that was a ju- that was quite a journey. Uh, if anything, they too quick a journey. I think they they should have had a bit more time to. I, I think when you get um, but, but when you take a pop song and marry it with the progressive rock kind of uh, uh, entrapments. You do get it bites. That's what they did. Yeah. They yeah. they were probably the, f- the first experience of doing all that yeah. kind of thing that, to that kind of yeah, good point. that level. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I like it bites more than happy to take the compliment. It wasn't intentional, but I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, all right, moving on. The rest. I mean, they're, they're, like I said, there's there's some real epic stuff 
um on the album and it, it's it's quite wonderful um how long i mean you you do you write separately or do you write together or do you do you do both on this album we wrote separately didn't we uh but we speak a lot about what we're doing right and um we'll send bits and pieces over to each other you know like kind of um you know messages from the front type of things are going along that kind of thing and uh but yeah we'd yeah we'd, we um we're do i mean there's a geographically she would be betraying um david and i live 150 miles apart you know if we were i mean the, the classic thing with a band is you're 18 year old lads and you're you know you're, you're together in a locality yeah. but because we started much much later on we've got this this distance issue you know ricard's over in, in sweden nick's over in the states so we can't really write unless we're sending stuff to each other right. together and possibly for that reason as much as anything else we tend to write more in isolation but there are two or three pieces on this album where we've done some co-writing so it's, it's nice to do a bit of both i think so, so what i was particularly interested in is is it, do your approaches to writing differ or or do you find that they you know when you talk about it oh actually i do that i do that or, uh there was a, there was I mean, a there was a a, a very uh a, a very much a, an attention to the fact that we didn't want to just keep repeating what we were doing so I mean, again, I mentioned the choices of instrumentation. That's one of those things that I decided I wasn't going to do because just to make it different, just to set a different set of challenges. And um, so, yeah, you do try. We there wasn't a, a, a very much of an effort to make sure that we were um, stretching ourselves uh, in every sense, lyrically and melodically. And yeah, we pushed as hard as we could. Um, we do. I don't. I don't. I don't think our writing processes are that different. Actually, I, I think you know we have the same. We're we're both, uh, and the same with Ricard and, and Nick and, and Danny Rachel and Dave. We're craftsmen. I would describe us. You know, we don't. Uh, it's not jammed music. It's right. it's music that's composed. Yeah. Uh, if you're composing a 14, 15 minute piece like Ariel or, or Roman Stone or Voyager, you know that that's going to be sometimes a long struggle. You know, it, yeah. it's it's going to be fighting the sort of beast to make it work. I can spot a mile away if someone has sellotaped bits of music together to yeah, make a long piece of music. You can hear it. It's not compositionally right, and so we are very, very careful. Um, and we, to the extent that we'll take songs out yeah. if we just don't think it's it's ready, you know. Right. We're, yeah. But I think we're, we're. I don't think the process is that no. different. We we have um, lists of song titles that you know that we've discovered yeah. out and about, and our things. You know, we'll have we'll hear ideas in our heads. We'll get them down on keyboard or piano, and we'll develop it and as we go. Yeah. So so. I mean, I'm. I would assume, given um, that the the lyrical content is so important to a band like like Big Big Train, that that, that the song idea comes first. Yeah, uh, sometimes. Yeah, the idea of what you can. Uh, some, sometimes, yeah, the idea of it. Um, uh, titles are always good. Was likened it to the like the name on the front of a bus. So you kind of know where you're going with the title. Yeah. So and that kind of informs the meat of the track, the kind of maybe some of the the, the flavors of the uh, the melody, the instrumentation, that kind of thing uh, that you get a lot from a title, from a destination in mind. Yeah, I've got more titles and songs. You probably have as well, um, yeah. because the title. Yeah, it does often start with the title. I mean, you know, I'm assuming because you know you've been doing this a while now that both of you kind of have a a a catalogue of of ideas. Yeah. Of of the or you know ideas or themes that you perhaps want to write about uh, titles floating around. Well, oh, actually, that would work with with that. And then from that, as you sort of said, the idea that where perhaps you want to take that musically, yeah. how it's going to sound. Is it going to be a sort of more balladic kind of piece, or yeah. is it going to yeah. be up tempo? Do you need orchestration on it, or is it you so know all of that? 
all of it more really it, yeah it, i mean it, we start writing for the next yeah. album i mean because it, it never stops it stop, you know yeah. you're, you're never able just to say oh well, i'll take <laughs> six months off from writing it's always um you know there's always tunes yeah. to be found Frog and will to, have its to way. be written Frog will have its way <laughs> And so we're, you know, you mentioned you've already started, uh, you know, writing a piece for the next album. Oh, I, yeah. I'm doing the same, you know, it, it, it's, 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 but because it's quite an organic process, it's sometimes when you're asked to step back and analyse it, you sort of scratch your head a little bit because you think, you know, I can't remember how a song got from, you know, from nothing to yeah. 15 minutes of, of music. It's, it's often very difficult to put your finger on it, but that's the kind of, I guess that's the kind of magic of it, you know, really. It's, it's, yeah. it's creating something from nothing almost. Yeah. Until. So at what point does input start to come in from the others? Or do you not allow that? <laughs> well, we, you're more flexible than me. I'm more of a... <laughs> Tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, go on, Greg. Uh, well, um, uh, I mean, David's right. He, he's David's songs are more nailed down, I would say, at the demo mm-hmm. stage. So he's... he's, he's I mean, David come, comes from singer-songwriter background. The main, I think the main difference between David and me is David's got the voice. I don't have a voice. Um, uh, Actually, so, you do. But you, well, I've got a very, so. I've got a very uh, a, a lightweight voice. Should we describe it? In, that's that's the, that's a polite way of discuss, discussing it. Sounds like Al Stewart, Jerry. He's, right. He reminds me of that's that's oh, a, right. That's a voice On a to bad me. Day. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. big fan. I'm a big that's fan a, of Al Stewart. Al after yeah. a few pints, I would say. <laughs> um, so you know, oh, I'm a far better singer after a few pints. <laughs> well, actually, that's true. Yes, the problem is when you listen back to it in the morning, you think. Oh, God. Anyway, David blessing me. He's he's very patient with my my attempts at, uh, at guide vocals, but uh, but yeah, you're you're more precise in how you you envisage envisage the the song. Uh, reaching its conclusion, I'll yeah. get to a certain stage and say, "Right, over, over to you, boys and girls." The downside with that is sometimes they'll interpret it differently, and something will come back, and I'll say, "Actually, that's not right for this particular piece of music." So you know, there's there's, there's pros yeah. and cons, really. Yeah, this um, I think on this album more so than any. I think there's been moments where some uh, when people kind of contribute things, we've actually said, "Actually, no." That, that's yeah. it's not that's kind of like what you've done before you know you need to dig deep it's that that kind of thing reach further you know don't be lazy don't just do the standard things that fall under the fingers just think you know yeah and similarly we can or uh, you know the other side of that is that sometimes you have too many ideas and we've uh, you know we've extended pieces of music um to accommodate them you know so some someone can come in with a banging idea and you think actually you know what that doesn't that's not what i was imagining it to be but we need to yeah. find a way of that working within the song usually, um, usually my songs will have uh, even to the extent that i might get some guitar down them as well but this time ariel took so long to deliver because uh, it was like it really fought me right the way to the end it did yeah. like beyond the length hour really yeah. you know i missed the first deadline which is unusual Right, but it's worth it in the end because I think it, we got oh, to where it needed to be. Terrific piece of music. Thank you. Uh, but uh, at that time, because not because the demo, the vocal demos went there, and Rick Cold had got a window of opportunity. I think before he's before he's off doing something with Gongfish, so he goes, "Hey Dave, I'm ready. What have you got?" And I said, "I've got no guitars on it, Rick Cold. Just do what you want." And that's and he did. And so and the things like uh, Ariel, uh, Florentine, things like that, Florentine. Like guitar solo on the end of Fire and Time. That's just great. That's just great. It's just, it's just you got to go with it, Ricard. You know, and we'll we'll take it from there. Yeah, but you've anyway. got to you've got to harness the the so. abilities of the players uh, in the band. You've got to give yeah. them uh, some space and some input and energy, and uh, and yeah. and they they run with it. Occasionally, we'll say, "No, that's not what we had in mind." But you know, it is. It, it's a 
It is an organic process and it is something that, uh, you know, there's an awful lot of conversations and uh, joint, not composition, but sort of joint uh, arrangement and involvement. And, you know, with um, the mixing stages as well with these things, you know, we do reflect back, we go back to the band and let them have their say on on what it is. And, uh, you know, they are are valued musicians within the band and, you know, their ideas uh, are important and, you know, that's it. The my stuff, I tend, to, I tend to, I'll have areas where they'll probably do a solo of some sort, that kind of thing. Uh, but some of the things, like the solo, and uh, I think the solo, for example, in a live uh, keyboard solo, I think that was pretty much written. I think. Yeah, that was yeah. as you as you as you heard it. You know. what, and uh, because it's quite melodic. The same with your flute parts, they're often quite yeah. melodic, and therefore yeah. they th- become thematic almost. Um, so you know, sometimes that's just how it's got to be. Yeah. So you so you might write separately, and then sort of, but. Uh, you do certainly more recently get together as a group, which obviously yeah. isn't easy, no. Um, given the, the geographical sort of breakdown of the band, yeah. But you do get together to yeah. work on the material as a group, don't you? Yeah, we which, get, we're, we're, yeah, and we you, try. And, you don't, you don't rely on what you know the the easy route of just sending files across the world to each as other. M- which, as much as we can, we try to record in the same room. It's not always possible. Um, it's no. not always the, the most affordable or sensible way to do things. But as much as we can, we, we try to be in the same room. With Nick, it depends where he's going to be at any yeah. particular point in time. So sometimes he records his drums at Real World. Sometimes he records them out at Sweetwater Studios in the States. And what we t- tend to do then is we FaceTime him you know, as he's working through. Uh, but we've been working together trust with musicians yeah, as well. Exactly, it's that exactly kind of thing. You know, that we will, um, like Nick knows what he's doing. He yeah. knows us. He knows the kind of thing we're after. Uh, on my tracks, there are kind of... You know, I program drums. It gives him an indicator, and he knows the sort of things what I mean. And I can, I can give him little indicators. Like I'll write messages to him or like FaceTime, whatever. You know, so it's uh, that's how we do it. So you know, we're very much kind we've of. We've been working. I mean, everyone. I mean, Nick's certainly been working for twelve years together now. So it, yeah. it's we kind of have a very good. Uh, understanding yeah, of where yeah. he'll go um, with stuff, but yeah, it still surprises, which is which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's it works. It, it <laughs> works for big big train. It's you know we're we're we can't get away from the geography. Um, no, you no. Know, it's part of, it's part and parcel of who we are. Uh, the more the band progresses, the more we we are together. You know, the more often we're together, and the more we're in the same room together. Uh, you know, as we mentioned at the start of the conversation, we you know we've got our first proper tour this autumn. So, yeah. you know, there'll be long periods of, of, of time when we're all together and that's great it's good has I, do th- a bunch of I do think with the under four yard uh, drum tracking sessions and the English electric records um, one two um, four power uh, I do think a lot of those drum parts came Nick would just do these transatlantic flights get in he'd be jet back to hell <laughs> Like he just got off a plane and he's there, and I'm sure they're almost like hallucinogenic. Some of the stuff, yeah, God knows what he's is, thinking, yeah. but he's just. But, I, but he is quite a veritable bundle of energy anyway. Oh, he is, totally, so yeah. he does things that I can't imagine him how he does it. But actually, it's a good point because he, when he when he comes back to having to learn the bloody things, he's uh, he's, done he's done thinking, it. Christ, what, how did I think of that? You know, because. I think some of that was kind of in the haze of jet lag and uh, and just being productive. Yeah. Uh, Real World seems to play quite a, a strong role, or it's yeah. increasingly strong role yeah. in the band. Which I mean, obviously, the Gabriel connection makes it some kind of sort of like, you know, sort of iconic place for for bands who are involved in sort of progressive music. Um, and you're not the only ones that feel sort of quite a, a kinship with it. Yeah. Um, so I've I've never actually been down there, but it must be quite. You have to come re- down. Quite, yeah, yeah, I, 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 you know, I keep on being. It must be quite a remarkable place to to do to do work. 
it does exactly what uh, Peter Gabriel intended, which was to to take people out of uh, you know normal life, I suppose, and just to you know create an artistic um, base where people can be together, can live together, can work together, can get out of bed and go and have a breakfast, and we're straight over in the yeah. in the studio in the control room doing our stuff. It, it's uh, and and it's a beautiful beautiful location you know um so it, staff it's are great they, yeah they get it the like engineers are good yeah. they're not clock watching they're um they want the best uh creative environment uh for whoever's working in they're, they're, they and they're, they're they're great i've been doing some work with um uh, some, some work with judy recently judy yeah. dybel and uh we were working in a woodroom and you know working with an engineer called ollie jacobs who's done very experienced uh, is a senior engineer now there and uh all these some of the, you know the creative input that he's got is just uh it can't be underestimated you know uh, we were talking to um um tim said we're working from uh from marillion uh, uh he does the videos from Marillion. Yeah. he did the, the film for us great uh, our video for our lives by tim and uh i said oh i was going to real world in the following week and he said first thing he said was oh say hello to ollie jacobs for me so so it's nice isn't it how it's all kind of yeah kind of yeah. Crosses over. I think we've been, I and mean, we've been so many times now that you know that it's there's just a great relationship there, and uh, you know it, it just works for us. And it's it's you know we want everything recorded in high resolution audio in the yeah. best uh, acoustic environments that we can get, and it doesn't get much better. Than well, that. yeah, I mean you have to say that it, it benefits the recordings yeah, because I mean you know since under full yard especially I think um, you know you you're a band noted for the quality not just of the songwriting and the musical performances, but also how the records sound. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, and that's and that's another reason that we're, the way we make our products, the way the you know the artwork, the packaging, all of that. It's all for the for uh, to to give a very enriching experience when you get the thing. Yeah. it's value for money. You know, I mean, it'd be, it 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 would be too easy just to go. Well, the CD is small, so but you don't. You know, that's a, a quite an in depth package. Uh, yeah. As well as then the far more lavish looking um, vinyl. Because that's the other side of it, um, you know, with the with regards um, the artwork and things like that. We meet with Sarah. We met Oxford, didn't we, the first time? Yeah. Uh, when we discussed this, so um, Sarah's very much part of the creative team. Uh, she's she's responsible for the the images and and that's that's her vision. And we sign things off together as a yeah. collective. So that's it. So when you get kind of uh, um, people raising opinions about. Um, you know, maybe not liking particular songs or not liking particular images or whatever. We sign this stuff off. This is how our album sounds. This is how it looks. Mm. That's the album. Yeah, deal with it. Um, well, and I, you see, the thing is, you, I, I sense that from the packaging yeah. that, that this is a this is a self-contained yeah. unit, as it yeah, were. You know, it um, and I kind of kind of felt that. I think especially when you put the two English. Electric albums, electric yeah, albums yeah. together. Yeah, that you said really got that kind of. Yeah. it's like oh, hang on a minute, they, they really know what they're doing. Yeah, I think we. It, t- it took us a while. You know, we were, we were late starters, slow starters. Um, so it's taken us a while to get this vision together. But but you know, it, for us, it's quality and everything. Yeah. Well, that's the that's what we aspire to, and, and that means, in a world where streaming is king, um, you know, if you're going to uh, retain the the importance of the album as a piece of work. I think the artist has to go the extra mile to create something beautiful. Um, you know, both uh, visually and uh, in terms of the listening experience, that, to make them want to buy it, to have it, to hold it. You know, to read it, to to to, to love it really. And that's the thing for us. It's it's uh, you know. So when we're you know when 
you know, we're meeting with Sarah and, and Steve Vance is the graphic designer very early on in the process. It's all all absolutely uh, planned from day one. As soon as the songs are almost, you know, uh, a demo stage, we'll be then thinking about yeah. uh, about the whole thing. I, th- I think. I mean, I think that people people who musically um, who in their listening habits, uh, you know, are drawn to sort of longer form material. Are all equally, um, they're people that feel the closest uh, relationship to the way it's presented to them visually. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't perhaps expect that from uh, an album full of throwaway three minute pop songs. No. no. Um, and I've always, in amongst the, the many different and <laughs> explanations that people try and put forward for, for, for prog rock, um, I think always sort of Stephen Wilson on BBC last year. I think it was last year, possibly the year before, when he said, um, for him, because they immediately said, well, you're, you know, what's prog rock? And he <laughs> half expected him to go, well, I don't know, it's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't, and he very great. And he just said, oh, for me, it's, it's, it's musicians who look at the album as an art form that takes the listener on a journey from beginning to end. Yeah. And, of course, I think you can't get a better description yeah. of what Grand Tour does. Um, it's akin to a novel, isn't it? Like you're working on a program, it's like working on a novel or something, I guess. And you see, this is why this is why the opening works, I think, so well because it's kind of it, it sort of it 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 slowly draws you in, yeah. And then obviously you get the big initial rush of alive, yes. and then you're off into the stories of the songs themselves. And you've got like almost a city sort of scape going uh, going from Nova Morgana into Alive, and I like that that contrast as well in the sense that you've got the the the, the look and feel of um, the antiquity of Sarah's uh, sleeve, and then you've got the kind of almost like the um, Tim Sidwell's visuals, like almost like very um, very modern looking things well it's that contrast you know, I'm, glad, like I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing i wanted to say did, did obviously um the grand tour idea sort of is based in a certain section of time but the album's not like that it's not rooted in that era it it, it traverses different yeah. time periods doesn't it's, it well very much so um which yeah. again i think works to its benefit yeah i mean we end up 250 million years time you know with Voyager <laughs> spaceships re- returning to kind of, uh, of Earth so you know it, yeah. it, it does yeah it, in that respect it's it, hopefully a timeless um, a timeless release we, we but you're absolutely right but we, we you know come back to what we said earlier the Grand Tour it's a it's a it's an overarching concept it, it, we did not want to be saying right let's write songs that have to be set in the period of that particular 200 year year period of time where people were doing the Grand Tour it just give, gave us an idea to hang some songs off mm-hmm. rather than anything else there's also a thing as well like having someone when you go away and you travel often I know when I was when I was a young man I spent an awful lot of time in France and when I came back, it gave me a very different view of my home. You know, having spent so long out in France, when I, by the time I got home, it was the same but different. I was enlightened in a different way. I saw it differently, and I viewed the outer world differently as well. The world is like a book, and if you don't travel, you're staying on the same page. I think that's St. Augustine. Uh, it's a brilliant quote, and right. it really very that's much explains that you know it's all out there to be discovered. Yeah. And again, that's what I've tries to say. Well, you're able to do it. Yeah, you know, it's fine. It. Yeah, yeah of course there well. are, and there are many reasons why people can't travel, and you know, money and all of those things. I get that. Um, you know, we're not we're not um, berating people for not travelling, but if you can, if you have that opportunity, then it will help you to see the world more clearly. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up on different side of the world, yeah. and I've 
lucky enough to have traveled around the world and and and, and continue to travel and yeah it's it's a fascinating thing it, it remains going back to the time thing mm-hmm. um obviously this year is the 10th anniversary of prog yeah, yeah, um, and I think yeah, in fact, yeah, we're on ninety nine. So next next month we'll be working on our hundredth issue. Wow, wow! So um, the last ten years have seen quite a dramatic change for you. I think, crazy. yeah, um, crazy. Yeah. You know, or the both of you, because I mean, by two thousand nine you were in, yeah, and and Prog Magazine had just really kind yeah, of fortuitously yeah. exactly. really the big big train kind of reanimated itself. I think yes. you, I think you I think you reviewed the Under Four Yard, didn't you? If I remember I, rightly, possibly. I think you did. And uh, you you gave massive us fan that. of Master Saint, uh, James. Yeah, George. yeah, yeah. You, you, I love that yeah, song. Said, so. yeah. It was a big it was a big boost for us because you gave us a, a you know sort of a whole side column and, a and box I thought out. oh yeah yeah, box yeah. Out. And, and I thought God crikey you know that that's that's good it's, people are beginning to think about us a bit, a bit more seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean at the time you joined and it was maybe just an album. We'll see how it goes. It was and, like that. Yeah, we yeah. were the, and the fact that it, in the red and we just said yeah. well actually we you know it's this album maybe another one yeah. if we can stretch to it and that was it that was fine and we were um yeah we, we you couldn't have dreamed what was going to happen i know some of some of my mates are in different prog bands will say oh how do you do how did you do it that's the thing though isn't it you can say you can say what you did but you don't know why it had that impact at that time and no. lots of things fall into place it's, i mean it's interesting yeah. you know you'd have a a lot of the readers go, well, Prog was always around. And it's like, yes, it was. But, you know, um, at that point in time, not just the magazine, there was other things as well. I remember the BBC phoning me up to talk about why Muse were at number one, why this band called Porcupine Tree had crashed into the top 30, you know. Yeah, yes. And then um, just awareness, I think, was growing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think the, 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 the advent of Prog magazine coalesced, uh, you know, coalesce the community in a it way that it hadn't it. done it's yeah it focus, gives it a focal it's a place point. where like as you well know you you're 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 it but uh, you know <laughs> you know it, the thing for us was it's a place where if you've not got much money and things like that you know that if you put your money in there it will have an impact across the genre and that was a really big help rather than thinking well where do you you've got x amount of pounds and it's limited where do you invest that yeah. Who's going to write about us was the issue, you know, and, and we we don't. Yeah. I mean, in, in so, the, the ten years before, there was a, a sort of a there was a sort of fan magazines that were you know in print, etc., and some of those migrated to the internet. But generally speaking, at that time, who would have thought that you'd get a magazine in you know Smiths uh, writing about the music that we were. Uh, playing and giving us, you know, fairly decent column inches, yeah. uh, and helping people to find us, and that's what Prog Magazine has done. And the, you know, it's a focal point. And the problem with focal points is sometimes you get the, the magnifying glass impact, and you know, you're all the, and you know, people get a bit burnt because they they get grumpy about it because it brings all of the, yeah, the yeah. you know, all of the different that elements together. Goes hand in that hand goes hand in hand with the territory. You know, I but. need to thank you as well for the opportunity of being able to present to my kids something that they actually could physically understand. <laughs> And uh, they didn't think yeah. I was mad after all. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. so um, yeah, I mean, the, I, it's a nice sort of link with, with Big Big Train to see your development over those, that decade that we've just endured. You know, I mean, yeah. I the mag grew bigger and we did things like the awards. You've won awards, you know. Um, I th- when we first talked, David, you know, the, the very thought of you playing live was not something that was being discussed. Well, the fact uh, it was, because we, we, we were on our uppers, weren't we? We, we, were, we were up against it. So that meant that um, the thought of doing it, yeah, it would have been lovely. And we'd fantasise about it. We did it. used to have conversations, but they were kind of like, oh, yeah, it wouldn't was, it be great. But We thought it would just take an arm and leg, which it yeah. does. 
and we never thought we'd be possible. Well, we didn't think that we'd be in a, a, a feasible position to do it. But we, one thing led to another, and you know, it kind of grew. I mean, if feasibly look at Big Big Train on paper, it shouldn't. It's it's unwieldy. It shouldn't never get off the ground. You know. Well, you know, if you look at if you look at what the musical ideas of what progressive rock was from day one, you know, any musicologist would say, well, you can't do that. That's uh, not going to yeah, work. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's the beauty of probably, exactly. like the magazine. You know, we were told that's never going to work. You yeah. know, you, you're it's screwed, the, you're having, screwed it, from the off. It's <laughs> yeah. having yeah. that ambition, isn't you're it? It's having that yeah. ambition and realising it. And, uh, you know, it has made a bit of a rod for our own back because, you know, any promoter that contacts us now across the world says, you've got to bring the brass band. <laughs> yeah. You've got to bring the brass band. Yeah. And we're thinking, well, OK, well, of course we want to bring the brass band because it's part of our sound. But, of course, immediately uh, it, it becomes an un- unwieldy beast. But that's how it is. You know, we're, 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 we're riding this train, if you allow me to stretch that metaphor. And, and, um, and you know, we've, been, we've recorded Abbey Road. We did some strings at Abbey Road for uh, Voyager of Stardust. Yeah, and we've yeah. done a few other bits of pieces there. We've been a few times to Abbey Road, and uh, and now we're getting quite sniffy about the re- <laughs> real world of Abbey Road. It's yeah. like we're having these the very very first world conversations, you know, about <laughs> one over the other, you know. Which is the thing, isn't it? Because yeah. ten years ago, this it would have been inconceivable that we would have been uh, yeah, in studio too at Abbey Road. Well, yeah. I mean, well, oh, that's, yeah. the, that's the whole thing. Ten years ago, I had no idea I'd be sat here with you guys now. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. um, from a time when you know I was in a studio in Denmark Street with Phil, and and you were on the other end of a phone yeah. line, and yeah, um, and it, it was all sort of slowly sort of starting out and piece. Yeah. piece I was still, I was still working then, and I remember. Uh, well, music, oh, is, music is work, but I had a day job then. And, took the call upstairs. Yeah, and, and I was yeah. I was sat at my desk <laughs> listening and then the ra- listening nervously actually uh, to the to the radio as you but, guys were talking. But you know, it, it's, it has been a great ten years. I think you know, I'm sure. Yeah, we've all had sort of trials and tribulations, but going yeah. back to Big Big Train, you know, the, the, those last ten years have seen you release, you know, acclaimed works. You've won awards. Um, you've played live shows. You're now actually going on tour. Um, as to, to conclude, let's just talk because you are going abroad, yeah. aren't you? You're yeah. going to play outside of the UK, but you've already yeah. done that. You played Night of the Prog, which yeah. I think was quite a, um, a life-affirming sort of show for you as a band that, that yeah, sort of so. proved that 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 not, you'd got somewhere and it was going somewhere else. Yeah, not a bad little gig for a first one out there, was it? <laughs> well, it's no, like, you know, it's like yeah, headlining. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, yeah, um, pretty amazing. Surely, I mean, that must have been not even in your wildest dreams back in in two thousand nine. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, you, you know, yeah, it's a fa- it would have been a complete fantasy. And yeah. you know, there, there was there were so many moments that uh, that you look back on from that gig and just think, you know, the hairs still go up on the back of your neck. It's, it was yeah. great, really cool. And of course, the thing is with the human condition is, is that when you do something like that, you think, "Oh, I want a bit more of that." You, know, you, <laughs> you, don't, you don't put your feet up and think, "Oh, in smoke a cigar." You think, "Oh, we're, we're next, you know, what's the next uh, next good size venue we can play?" And you know, let's get that excitement going. When you play, I mean, I'm I'm a new boy to live stuff. I played live in a in Big Train back in the early 90s and then you know I was off the road for a long long well, time I think we found a very rare picture of an early 90s yeah. line up playing live exactly for yes, the wonders yes. stories yeah, yeah yeah and uh, you know we, we, it, it's, it was something that I've had to get used to again uh, to, to going back on stage but it is addictive you know it's it's great so I'm really looking forward to the, the tour in the autumn I mean, and it's sort of actually interesting just to stretch this out a little yeah. bit longer just because the ideas come into my head um, you say you had to relearn but for you mm. um, 
the early part of your life in Big Big Train didn't include performing in any way whatsoever. So where did the stagecraft come from? Oh, well, I've done a lot of gigs prior to joining Big Big Train. So was it really so, a case of just... Oh, uh, yeah, I've yeah. played loads of... I've, Muscle I've memory. So I've been in bands since I was 14, so right. I was used to going on stage and I was used to fronting bands. Right. So, uh, But having said that, I've used, I have used. I would normally either have a keyboard in front of me or a guitar or so, a bass guitar or something like that in front of me or a flute. Uh, so, but to actually stand and sing, I know when we uh, when we were going to do the video for Make Some Noise, I thought, right, I want to, you know, it's important that I stand and be the, you know, like the singer because that's I felt that's what the band needed. You know, I was reading something about um, it's a discussion between I think it was, it was a 10cc interview uh, in somewhere where that one of them was saying uh, I think it was a it could have been Eric Stewart saying that um, that the reason he felt that um, 10cc didn't hit the heights of Queen so because they didn't have an identifiable frontman right and that I thought wow okay they were four musicians yeah gathered together on yeah. the stage yeah. brilliant no focal point exactly yeah. so I thought I really want to you know I took that quite seriously I thought right I need to make sure that I'm very much identified as a, as the frontman and it stood as it stood um, the band in good stead initially. Uh, but also, I think as as it's sort of gone on, you know, it's kind of it's it's been a help to the band because it is an identifiable thing. Because um, yeah, it's just the way it is. You've and I think play, being the front man for Bigby Train, Bigby Train sort of invented me really in the sense that they needed as I'm doing it. I'm thinking, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. You know, I need to do this because this would be great. Remember the telescope. <laughs> yes. Exactly, yes. <laughs> what what telescope? I guess. <laughs> So it's all about that. So it's just about... Um, it's, yeah. not, it's not an easy gig being a frontman of a prog band. I mean, well, quite, quite often we're going off on a five-minute instrumental yeah. passage where the singer, you know, has got to think, what am I going to do here? Am I going to go off stage? Yeah. Am I going to groove with the thing? And well, like, you stay on stage. Because you, you stay on and you groove with the band. Because, and I think it continues to, there continues to be oh, a focal point. There. I don't get that. I don't get why singers go off stage. I mean, it's different things that get into something or whatever. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, but the support of the show to go off stage, that's fine. But I just think they need to be on there, you know, like, yeah. like Robert Plant or or, or Daltrey. Yeah, you're cool. on. You're with part of the music. You know, you, you know, you lead from the front. And that's yeah. the way it goes. Well, I mean, I think I can speak for hundred percent of big big train fans that sort of that have seen you live now since you made your debut, at King's Place. I think um, that you know it was worth the wait. Oh, <laughs> thank good. You. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very, yeah. very much. And you know, and it just continues to get better. So, well, so. I mean, at our age, I'm sure we'll all, all three of us agree that 1965 was a particular vintage year. <laughs> oh, indeed, <laughs> indeed, Very, without a doubt, the finest. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, I mean, at our age, our tender years, yep. you know, to, to be doing what we're doing, uh, you know, it was um, better late than never, I guess. Right. But it was, but, you know, cutting it fine. <laughs> I mean, but to conclude, it's uh, the last ten years have been good to big, big train. Very, yeah. Yeah, they? absolutely, and uh, no, no small part to, to Prog, you know, I do at Prog magazine. Um, and well, you know, um, here's to the next ten. Yeah, for yeah. all of us, indeed. <laughs> but, um, okay, uh, Greg, David, thank you ever so much for joining us. Uh, thank it's you, been, been uh, a great chat as always. Uh, best of luck with Grand Tour, which is thank released you. on the seventeenth of May. Yep. Um, and you're touring. We're touring from the end of October through to early November. All right. We shall look forward to it. See you guys out on the road. Thank Lovely. you. Cheers, Thanks, Jay. Take care.